we're commanded to serve our families and our communities to the best of our abilities. And, you know, we should take our vocational responsibilities in these areas very seriously. And, and I think that involves making sure that we create conditions in America that continue to allow religious freedom and, and allow our Lutheran faith to continue to thrive and that we can continue to evangelize. Mark Hemingway talking about his joint presentation with his wife Molly at this year's Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. The fact of the matter is, is that on those particular issues of religious liberty and preserving our faith from the onslaught of bad cultural and political ideas, things have never been more dire, and it's, it's more important than ever. You can meet and hear journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway making the case for Christian political engagement at the 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. The premier conference for Christian laity is Friday, June 12th and Saturday, June 13th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org.
has redeemed his people. Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you and among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. transgression is forgiven, and whose sin is put away. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul tells us, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. St. Paul was always eager, always eager to preach the gospel. Indeed, to him there was nothing, nothing more precious in all of the world. He recognized his sin to the point that later in the epistle he would admit to his own complete wretchedness. And finally exclaim, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the essence of the gospel. Jesus who came because of our wretchedness and sin to rescue us not only from sin, but for the wretched world afflicted by sin, and the wretched devil who leads all of creation into his own wretchedness. The gospel is ultimately the story of Christ Jesus destroying the works of the devil. And yet, while the devil is still a defeated foe, still roaring like a lion seeking to devour us, it is the devil who undermines all of the joys and all of the promises that the gospel provides for us. It is because of him that the gospel is scorned in the world. It is because of him that even Christians are shamed by the culture to keep silent about the gift of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, and what that means for everyone. 
everyone who has faith and believes the gospel. For the gospel is indeed foolishness to the unbelieving world. Therefore, after a short introduction to the epistle, Paul proclaims, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to Jews first and also to the Greeks. It is only through the gospel that anyone can know God or believe in him. Without the gospel, the saving word of God, there would be no faith, no promise, no forgiveness, but only sin and death. Therefore, Paul writes, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. It is Jesus who is the faithful one. All faith flows from him alone. Indeed, today's hymn says it so perfectly. Speaking of Jesus, it states, You strove with Satan and you won. Your faithfulness endured. Lend us your nerve, your skill and trust in God's eternal word. And so, Jesus' faithfulness leads to our faith as his eternal word is spoken upon us first through holy baptism, and then the ongoing preaching of the gospel and the sacrament of the altar, the very means that faith brings and comes to us. It is through them that faith is established within the walking corpses for that's what we were, walking corpses, before the gospel was brought to us. We who were lost, lost to the promises of God, faithless and wretched sinners, and who were doomed to damnation. Yet Jesus is faithful. As our Lutheran confessions put it, we obtain forgiveness of sins only by faith and faith in Christ, not through love or because of love or works, though love does follow faith. Indeed, without faith, we cannot love or trust in God. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. But faith itself is a gift that's created within us by an outside force. Faith does not just come from within us, but it is established by the word of the gospel. And then it acts. Later Paul will write this. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. One cannot know the true God except through his word. If the word of God, it is constantly under attack in our society. We are told that we should avoid religious talk because it's divisive and leads to conflict. And all over the world today, 
pastors are persecuted because they are not ashamed of the gospel. They speak ye up even when the world wants their silence. And if they don't, there will be no faith given. For faith comes only from the gospel. And yet nothing has really changed from the time of Paul. Sure, for a short time, the Western world, it allowed and even supported the gospel, but Jesus was clear. The gospel would divide. Families and governments and institutions, some would seek to remain faithful, but many would not. But the gospel is all that we have, and it is all that we need. Without the gospel, we are lost and condemned sinners. Faith cannot exist without the gospel. Therefore, Paul is clear upon this point at the very beginning of his epistle. He is not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is not just a historical book of God's truths. The gospel is more than a narrative of God's faithfulness and the promise of Jesus' death and resurrection from sinners, for sinners. While all of these things are true, Paul makes the point that the gospel has power. It is far more than a written word. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Attached to the gospel is the presence of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit who points us to the present one. The gospel brings us from death to life through faith, but faith is not idle. Our Lutheran confessions are also clear on this. Faith liberates from death and produces a new life in our hearts. When faith comes, we become new people. Through faith, we receive the forgiveness of sins. We are declared righteous. And the terrors of sin and eternal death are overcome in our hearts. Our confessions say this, through faith we comfort ourselves by confidence in the mercy promised for Christ's sake. Therefore, this confidence cannot be received except through faith alone. Now, as we make our way through these 40 days of Lent, our focus is on the author and the perfecter of faith, namely Jesus, who became flesh and dwelt amongst us to destroy the works of the devil and to save us from sin and death. Jesus, who carried our sins within his own body to a cross. He who died 
so that we no longer need to fear death, and rose on the third day with the promise of our resurrection. He who today, yes, today, speaks through the power of his gospel. He who comes to us in his body and blood, delivering the forgiveness of our sins. He who strove with Satan and won. He whose faithfulness endured. He who lends us his nerve, his skill and trust in God's eternal word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. May the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds with Christ Jesus our Lord.
In our prayers, we remember the family of seminarian Raymond Cox, whose father has died in Christ. We also rejoice with seminarian Kyle and Nicola Mullins at the birth of their daughter, Magdalena Louise, and also with Vicar Zach and Claire Bergdorf at the birth of their son, John Elijah. Finally, let us pray for Kingsley Wilson, who, after graduating today, will be traveling back to India and for all the seminary community who will be traveling over break. sins of all who are penitent, create in us new and contrite hearts, that lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty God, Father of all mercies and giver of all comfort, deal graciously with those who mourn, especially the Cox family, that casting every care on you, they may know the consolation of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Merciful Father, you add to the generation of mankind. This day we thank you for the births of Magdalena Louise and John Elijah. By the gracious working of your Holy Spirit, help them to grow and nurture in your admission that they may bring glory to you and serve others in your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord God our Father, you kept Abraham and Sarah in safety throughout the days of their pilgrimage. You led the children of Israel through the midst of the sea, and by star you led the wise men to the infant Jesus. Protect and guide us now in this time as we set out to travel. Make our ways safe and our homecomings joyful, and bring us at last to our heavenly home, where you dwell in glory with your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power 
and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.